Hello, everyone. It's next week tonight, week 10, the show that keeps you a full week ahead of the competition. I'm Joshua, your host, uh, and this is Fusion Fantasy Football. Keep in mind, I know there's some shows that like to talk about who you can pick up before games and so on, but this show really goes a step beyond that. We're always looking for ads, trades, stashes, of course, early in the season. But now we're to the point of the season we're really going to be shifting into, look, are you going for it or are you rebuilding if you're in Dynasty? If you're redraft, I mean, you're always going for it, so it doesn't really make sense. But this is the time of year when you kind of know, you know your teams. So I want to give some options for both of those cases at least in dynasties, what you can do to, for a rebuild. And of course, we're still going to stay on the streamers. So that's it. Let's get going. Welcome to next week tonight. All right, guys. So of course, we are going to be going through real quick, all of these real quick as usual, and then we'll back up and hit them again uh, in more detail. So uh, the moves for the contenders. All right. I already said this one and Derek Henry just had like one of the best games I think of history or something. I don't know. He had a really, really good game. Uh, historic, at least against Houston, because he always seems to be beat up against them. Um, I, Threw in Jeff Wilson particularly here. Miami, part of that trades. There were a bunch of trades. Um, and then just in general, it's the time of year to be getting your handcuffs if available. Others, your own, doesn't matter. It can matter. We'll get into that. Drake London, you can cash out of him to get some of these points for this season because he's not really delivering them this year. And then on the other side, if you're a rebuilder, hey, it goes both ways. Drake London, you can get him. All right. And Jonathan Taylor, what? Uh, cash out Naheem Hines. Will he ever be worth more than he is right now? Ever? Uh, week 10 buys. We got the Baltimore Ravens, Cincinnati Bengals, New England Patriots, and New York Jets. So you got a lot of these uh, players, a couple quarterbacks, a decent number of wide receivers, um, a number of of tight ends and so we're going to hit on some of those four quarterbacks pj walker is actually energizing this offense andy dalton against the steelers so those are all good matchups to look for richard white with the um buccaneers getting good work with the saints for wide receivers you got jarvis landry hopefully back here week nine and hopefully even healthier week 10 and of course, good old Donovan Peoples Jones. For tight ends, we got Cade Otten, um, show favorite, right? Um, and then Cole Komet is another option. And for defenses, you've got the Denver Broncos against the Tennessee Titans and the Giants, because uh, because they the Broncos might be available because they're on by week nine, so they could have been dropped. So keep an eye out for them. And if not, you've got the New York Giants uh, against Houston. Okay, so we're going to back up here. Moves for contenders, right? So Derrick Henry still has a great 
rest of the season. So don't think that he just had a big game. Um, I missed out. Whatever. He still has a great rest of the season. And he's older than pretty much any of these running back ones. So in a dynasty league, he's going to be cheaper than these other big name, high producing running backs like Christian McCaffrey, Saquon, definitely the younger guys. Uh, well, Kamara is actually not that much younger. You could throw him in that. He had a big game last week as well. We'll see if that continues. But the point being, he has a little bit of that discount. Now, the flip side is you may not get as much out of him in future seasons, but if you that's up to you and how much you're really willing to go after it this year. Now, I talked about Jeff Wilson, uh, double handcuffs. So, I mean, he was a great handcuff for us in San Francisco, um, was giving us some solid running back two numbers. Now it goes to Miami, reunited with Mike McDaniel. Chase Edmonds shipped out to Denver, right? Mostert is still, look, injury prone, not really a thing, but he has shown the ability in the past to get injured. Hopefully he doesn't. Good for him. But just a reminder, Jeff Wilson is a very solid handcuff. Possibly got forgotten, cut because of Christian McCaffrey news in San Francisco. Um, So it's quite possible he's available. Sneaky pickup here. I didn't really have an ads page, so I kind of had to put him in here. But it is a good reminder in general to be picking up handcuffs. Now, when I ran through it, I said, doesn't matter. Look, if you are a really good team, you have really strong running backs, um, definite, you know, Saquon Barkley, these are Derrick Henry, right? Alvin Kamara, these are definite starters. Then you want to make sure you have your guys' backups, handcuffs, okay? If you are a wild card team, basically, right? Yeah, you can get yours for the big names, but you're going to want some higher upside. So be looking out for other teams' handcuffs. um, And just keep checking. It's crazy who gets cut in some of these leagues. I mean, for some reason, Khalil Herbert was getting dropped in a couple different leagues that I'm in, um, kind of keeper-ish leagues, because we kind of like redrafts. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll I'll pick him up. I didn't get him in one. Someone else also noticed. But in the other one, I got him. So, I mean, that's a really high upside and even stream-worthy. In fact, I think I'm playing him in here in week nine, um, especially if we'll see about Jonathan Taylor. So, basically... If you need upside, go after other people's. If you just need security for the guys that you do have and are succeeding already with, then you'll probably want to go a little bit more of the insurance route, okay, instead of speculative. All right, and then cashing out. So Drake London really has shown a lot to be a good rookie wide receiver. Fortunately, he's just not getting the volume. He's getting the target share. He's getting the snaps, the routes. He's just not getting volume, and it's due to the team, to the offense, the place calling, play calling, the style. But 
However, that could change if there's a switch to Ritter. So I'm hopeful if, if you can't sell him, I'm still hopeful rest of the season. But if I'm really going for it, I would much rather sell him for a proven veteran who's maybe getting a little bit older and a, of course, you're targeting, uh, this is a contender, you're targeting those bottom ranked teams in your league right now. Go look through all, always, this is just always a rule, go look through the rosters for the losing teams. Know who they are going to want to move out. Look for older wide receivers, running backs, anyone who you think you can get at a discount that they want off their roster to help them rebuild. Those guys you want to be looking at. You want to know those rosters inside and out as you try to find these trades. Drake London is one. So you got a guy who's got Metcalf. Now he's young enough. Might have to do a little bit more. These aren't ones for ones necessarily. Godwin, there I could easily see that actually as a one for one. Uh, Cooper Cup. You probably have to add a little bit of something, but that's okay, right? Especially he's got a little bit of injury right now. I could easily see a, a, a real rebuild team saying, look, I mean, th- this is a great wide receiver. The wide receiver one, two, maybe three, but a top guy in Cooper Cup, right? So you got to pay up. All right, well, you throw him, Drake London, and... I mean, I don't know who else, running back or another wide receiver. It could be someone like a Damian Pierce, right? You could throw in uh, you could throw in another wide receiver. Um, but if you're just trying to upgrade your starting lineup, that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to let go of, he's a young, good player, but he's not going to be producing the kind of points that you can get out of these veterans for at least another year. All right, so... Move those points to now. And the other thing is is just in general, and it's a little pessimistic to think this way, I guess, but like the odds are against pretty much all of these players. Like that something's going to go wrong, that they're going to get injured, that they're, I mean, those are just the realities of the NFL. So anytime you can trade future points for current points, that you are assured of now, yes, they could get injured next week, but more assured of right now. Um, in the meantime, more things can go wrong between now and the future. You've sold the future for the present. Less things can go wrong statistically, probability wise, in the now, in the short term. Um, the more you can make that trade and that swap, the more by the time it's all said and done, when you get to a future point and you look back and you add up what the points you actually got, not just the points that you are still looking for players in the future, even at that future point, you're going to come out on top. You're going to have more points, actually scored points than if you're just continually always looking for the points that are to come. That's kind of just the reality of it. The downside is, of course, you miss out on 
big breakouts and so on, and that's what everyone's chasing. So as long as you don't make a really dumb trade and trade Drake London for Michael Thomas or something, obviously you wouldn't do that. He's back on IR. But uh, that kind of player who has question marks and history already. But I think... Like I targeted Godwin, I said he would be a one for one. He's still young enough player. He still has future value for you as well. You're selling the hope of a Drake London big time wide receiver one, uh, team wide receiver one. So you're selling that hope, um, and you're getting points now. But he's not going to drop off just like next year either. Okay, with the Cup one, you're definitely. You're definitely kind of trying to cash in on the the fear that okay he's getting older now he's getting injured like this is not good I want out. They're gonna still demand you pay up because he does put up points. But again, if if you have something you can add in to make it worth it, it's absolutely worth it in the short term to do that. For rebuilders, meanwhile. You don't want points right now. Like you literally don't want points right now because I believe in a dynasty league, different ones, leagues have different rules for tanking. I do not like the idea of setting bad lineups. Okay. I, even when I'm tanking, set my best lineup I think I can. I think like a coach when I'm in a dynasty even in a rebuild, I think like the coach, I still am supposed to be trying to win, but I want to work and move and make moves and trades like the GM who's thinking, okay, coach, I'm glad you're trying to win, but um, in the meantime, I'm going to be trading away your talent and you're not going to have a very good team, so you're probably not going to win. Keep trying, but you're probably not going to. So you have to be both of those roles those roles in a dynasty rebuild. I like that. That's how I describe it. GM versus coach. When I'm the GM, I am absolutely selling off points. I don't want them now. I want to transfer those points to the future when I do want them. Less points now means I do less well, which means I'm a lower rank, which means I get higher draft picks. It's that basic. Now, Hopefully you're making a lot of moves that you have other people's drafts picks and you should like, I always think it's so silly that people are so focused just on their own draft picks ranks. Are you kidding me? When I'm in a rebuild, I have like four or five different teams draft picks. Okay. They're all over the place. It's not just mine. I'm trying to influence. I was really annoyed. I had a, I have the draft picks for this one team in one league and he's like second, third worst team. And I I lost to him. I was so mad. I lost to him by three points last week. I was like, dang it. I wanted to kill your draft pick because I have his pick next year. It's going to be a top three pick. For, it's going to be a running back or quarterback or something, and I need it in that league. So I was really kind of annoyed because I was my shot to help myself by also winning, which is weird in a rebuild. But that's my point. You should have all kinds of points. You should make me trades. If you don't, here's your chance. So... Drake London, like I said, it goes both ways because you you don't care if he's scoring points right now. You're you're glad he's not scoring points right now. Um but oops. But 
unlike the situation where you're selling him trying to get uh, points now that aren't completely falling off the wagon. Um, in this case, you want these are the guys who are a little bit more at risk at falling off the wagon, and you don't want them on your rosters. So instead of Chris Godwin, it's Mike Evans that you want to be moving um, to get Drake London, Terry McLaurin, and it can be running backs, right? Especially running backs on a, on a rebuild. Yeah, especially running backs. Derek Henry, right? Oh my gosh, Derek Henry for Drake London. That's a trade that a bad team who has Derrick Henry should be making. They should be making that move. Um, whether they will or not, I don't. I don't know. But they should be making that move. And and I can verify that with I mean, trade calculators and everything. But I can just verify that I'm not the only one who's saying that or thinking that other people's value systems would also agree. Whether the particular league and particular people you work with agree, I don't know. But that is a fantastic um, kind of combination here. It's kind of why I had Derrick Henry and Drake London here on these sheets. So those are the kind of players you want to be looking for on your teams to sell for Drake London. All right, then you got Jonathan Taylor. I don't know why he. I, I hear about him being cheap. It, look, his team is, is struggling, and he had just had a low ankle injury so th this is a case classic case of overreaction on dynasty to something that dynasty should not be reacting to and yet and yet you are also i mean if you are a contender you could try selling jonathan taylor for something i have an offer out there and i might still be able to get it working here selling jonathan taylor for Derrick Henry, and I was hoping to get a first. And that's actually pretty fair. You kind of do the math. Um, I was also trying to send him a wide receiver and get like a Mike Evans or something. So th there's a lot of those kind of moves you can be looking to make. All right. And then again, I don't really have a typical ads page or anything like that. But Naheem Hines, this isn't this really goes for everyone. It's not just rebuilders, but as particularly, even if you like Naheem Hines, right? If you're a rebuilder, this is probably the highest point his value will ever be, possibly for his entire career. Um, and it's just because people are excited about him being traded to Buffalo. And Buffalo doesn't have any real reasons to to use Naheem Hines. I know they think they do. They've been making moves like they want a receiving back, but I don't know why. Singletary is more than capable enough and has does well with the dump-offs unless they can get a running back that is as good a wide receiver um, as we've seen Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey. Um, I don't think Naheem Hines is like better than a James White. And James White was pretty good. Don't get me wrong. Patriots fan. Love James White. But his quarterback was Tom Brady. 
who just dumped it off a good amount. Went through progressions, reads, dumped off. Or read the defense and checked one thing and then quickly went to him. Like, that's not Josh Allen. Josh Allen can run the ball and does a good amount. He's not dumping it off. Why would a big arm quarterback like Josh Allen with one of the higher, I think, top five ADOC and air yard kind of numbers, he's thrown it down the field. He's got Diggs. He's got Gabriel Davis. Okay. He's got, I mean, McKenzie is not bad. Knox isn't bad. He's got some decent receivers and other pieces out there. Is Naheem Hines really actually better? Is he good enough to be the third best receiver player on the team? I'm not sure. I'm not sure he beats out McKenzie. If he can't beat out McKenzie or even Khalil Shakir for that title of third best receiver on the team, then he's not going to be relevant. I'm sorry, he's just not. It unless he could have he could have a big I mean Knox has these games, touchdown games, right? Big games, everyone gets all sucked into him, right? And what have I said before? No. Don't do it. Well, unless Naheem Hines has one of those games, then maybe his value will spike some more. But it's just gonna take a couple games here of him being eh, and the shine and the hope will fade. And he will not be worth what you can get for him right now. Sell him right now, this weekend, before he actually plays a snap with the Bills. Okay? Sell hope. The Jonathan Taylor, buying fear. Okay? Because you want to get Jonathan Taylor on your team for next season. Transferring those points to the future. All right, so for our bye weeks and streamers, we've got Baltimore Ravens, Bengals, Patriots, Jets. Okay, we talked about those quickly. PJ Walker, he is really energizing this Carolina offense and not getting really talked about, but uh, Carolina has one of the best schedules, like on average. If you take their average matchups for the rest of the season across all the positions, it's like the lowest combined, one of the lowest combined. Um, so they have a, an easier schedule as shown by playing Atlanta, um, in week 10, which is the third best matchup. And PJ Walker is, is real deal. He's really, he's, he's throwing the ball down the field. Um, kind of playing with that little nothing to lose kind of attitude. And that's what you need to put a point sometimes. Um, you also have an option, Andy Dalton, Saints at the Steelers. It, Andy Dalton was supposed to be the conservative, like responsible, mature alternative to James Winston. And he's just going out there and slinging it as if he's James Winston. I really don't know why James Winston just isn't out there then. I It's quite possible he could be, so keep an eye on that. It's going to just take one really bad game by Dalton and they'll flip it right back again. But in the meantime, Andy Dalton, St. Steve, 
There you go. Rashad White, running backs. Um, first of all, it's the fourth best running back matchup against Seattle. White has been getting more and more involved, particularly also in receiving the ball. Fournette is doing okay. Um, he's getting the touchdown opportunities, short yardage, so that's good for him. But I, I feel like the team either wants to keep Fournette fresh and or see what White can do. They're rookie. Okay. So they've been they've been getting him uh more involved. So Shad White, look out for him week 10 against Seattle. Wide receivers, Jarvis Landry. Yeah. So he's actually back in week nine. Um and you have an opportunity here to kind of have a little mini stack with uh, Dalton against the Steelers. And if he's back in week nine and can stay healthy, then hopefully he'll be even more confident and ready to go in week 10. Michael Thomas back on injured reserve IR list. So maybe, maybe even a done season. Um, so that it's Olave and Landry. So a lot of people have dropped him, forgotten about him. Double check, go look. Pick him up. This is a stash before week nine, and he's back. And people remember that he was dropped a long time ago, but nobody wanted to pick him up because he was out. Okay. And of course, emergency stream win, win and need smash, you know, Donovan Peoples Jones playing against uh, Miami. So could be an interesting game. Week 10, I believe. Um, is the last week before their bye, and then in week 12, that's when Sean Watson comes back. I'm thinking I'm going off memory, that's dangerous, but it's a great matchup. Um, and also might be the last game until Watson is back, at which point I wouldn't really want to trust him. But in the meantime, for now, we've seen what he can do, had a good game last week, a lot of yards, so. Um, he, he's a legitimate player now. I know he was a little bit more prospect in the past years, but DPJ is the real deal. Um, tight end. So Kate Otten, guys, this is, this has just been a huge win for the, our entire process and everything here. Fusion fantasy football, um, identifying both a, a rookie, um, you know, prospects all the way up through identifying, his role and usage in the early weeks um, and identifying that he was still somehow available in a lot of dynasty leagues. So Hayden, now he's just even a redraft streamer playing Seattle. Number one tight end matchup in week 10. Gotta love it. So also Cole Komet Chicago is playing Detroit. Um, the Bears' offense is actually showing a little bit more life. They just traded for Chase Claypool. We'll see how that affects things. Um, and at the same time, De Detroit's defense has been and it continues to struggle. So if there was a time, I'm not a huge Cole Komet fan, but if there was a game where I could see Cole Komet having a good game, it's this one. All right. And for defenses, we got the Broncos, 
like I said, might be on buy with week nine buy, uh, might be available because of that buy, I should say. And if not, New York Giants playing Houston. Houston's kind of coming apart here. I know they kind of came together and played well against the Eagles here Thursday night football. But as a whole, it's it's not pretty. I mean, I hope they continue running the ball with Damian Pierce. I've been liking that. But as a whole, um, it's up and down. And if you can catch them on the down, then that's going to be a lot of points for the defense they're playing. Giants week 10. All right, guys, that's that's the show for week 10. Um, we're going to go through week nine, recapping last shows for the streamers and so on. So uh, it, I know it's a rough week nine was a rough bye week. So if you missed, if you missed it, if you're still looking for ideas, here we go. I'm going to run through these quick with a week nine recap. Of course, these are all the teams on by Browns, Cowboys, Broncos, Giants, Steelers, Niners. You know it. You've seen it. I literally have one team where it's a dynasty league. 25, I think, roster plus two taxi. Every single player on my bench, I filled my roster with my lineup with healthy players. Every single other player on my bench and in my IR and in my taxi even, even my taxi players were out or on by. Every single one, except Julius Chestnut. So that was fun. Uh, since then, some of them have been declared questionable, and so I have options like Mark Andrews. But uh, these guys still apply. Van Jefferson had his first game back and didn't get any targets, but it was his first game back. So still keeping an eye on that. Burks, I believe, is back here in week nine. We'll see how much he really plays. And Dotson, I'm not sure if he's been declared back uh, for a return off of IR yet or not. I don't remember hearing anything. Week nine streamers. So Malik Willis, um, it wasn't good week eight. It really wasn't. So you might want to back off this one. Um, but I'd still just keep an eye on it because... I still wouldn't be surprised if he goes off still. Um, Heineke, week eight, had a great game. So here in week nine, he could easily keep that going. Um, week nine, Michael Carr, this is still continuing to look good. Sony Michelle, Eckler just showed up on something to do with ribs or something. Um they play in Atlanta. I just continue to think Sony could actually come up decently in this game. And sure enough, looking like Swift is out. They were saying that maybe they gave him too much work last week and he he's a little hurt again. So Reynolds is back in that committee. All right, Khalif Raymond got, again, so many of these are hitting guys. Khalif Raymond, um, Amnara's active, he is, but they traded away Hawkinson. And Jameson Williams doesn't sound like he's going to be back to like December. So Khalif Raymond continues to get work. DeAndre Carter for the Chargers um, playing Atlanta. I have this fired up in at least one league. Keenan again hurt his hamstring or re 
aggravated it or whatever we want to say. Meanwhile, Mike Williams is out. Uh, I think Palmer is active, but uh, yeah, DeAndre Carter in the slot going to be great. KJ Osborne, Minnesota at Washington. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out with Hawkinson. Herb Smith is out. I don't know if for the season, but at least on IR. So I don't know if there's going to be much change for the other weapons. It's just Hawkinson stepping into that role. I'm going to do a better job with it than Irv Smith was. I don't know if that's going to hurt other teams or just make the team profit as a whole. Week 9 streamers. Of course, I was joking around about Kyle Pitts. He actually had a good week 8 after you know I made this. Um because I'm always a week ahead, right? So, yeah, that's that's over with. But Tunyon is absolutely a stud option here in Week 9 against Detroit. Love it. I think Lazard is back, so maybe not quite as strapped for targets, but he still likes Tunyon, and it's still a good matchup. Um, the Bears, I know it sounds a little weird against Miami, who's scoring points. We'll see. Pardon me. Minnesota Vikings is the other option um, at Washington. Washington's hit or miss, right? I mean, I had Heineke on here, so either Heineke's going to do great, and that's going to look great, or he's going to be terrible, and this is going to look great. Am I hedging my bets? Technically. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, week eight. So now we're going to be able to recap some of the pickups and uh, the streamers and see how they actually worked out two weeks after the fact that we can now see the results. Um, the Foreman one was obvious. It, the trade had just happened. I had already written this down, but then the trade happened. So it stayed in there. Um, Hunter Henry, I don't know. I don't get it. He's been good, better than this, literally every other year of his career. It's really disappointing. Same thing for Noah Fant. Still getting the the points, the receptions and the points just aren't happening. It's really tough. He's still getting targeted. Um, he's still on the field, snaps, routes, all those things you want to see. So it's really tough. Uh, great matchups. Still didn't do it. Go get Derrick Henry. Told you. Uh, Zeke got hurt after this then, so that was a little rough. Um, Pollard had a really good game then in his absence, to which I'm like, well, could Zeke have a really good game if he didn't have Pollard? Yeah. Yeah, he could. Pollard was very uh, efficient, explosive. Um, so that's what people are actually pointing to when they say it was better than what Zeke could have done, and that is possible. Uh, Zeke's a very particular role these days uh i think he could take on more than what they're giving him but why rush it right but um jimmy garoppolo superflex qb2 for cheap great schedule still true we had trades for contenders a couple weeks ago right i was trying to get you guys going i had reworked my rest of season scheduling sheets and everything um Basically, I said, go get Bengals, right? Rashad Bateman, 
So we found out today, going on IR probably out for even the season. That's a rough one. Um, in the meantime, Darnell Mooney, that's been looking better. The Hunter Henry thing we already talked about. Kittle looking better. I think, if anything, the CMC thing is working well for him. Maybe it's hurting the receivers. But Kittle, um, he's a great blocker. So he's in there blocking for CMC. But that just adds to the threat and the possibility of him then slipping out as a receiver. So it's I think it's actually really working well for Kittle with Christian McCaffrey there. Um, and I said you could cash out on Christian McCaffrey. Then he proceeds to have just a massive game where he threw, caught, and ran in touchdowns. That's crazy. But it was a great matchup. And we'll see how the rest of the season goes. And um, yeah, we'll see how the rest of it goes. And yeah, you should have sold Brian Robinson. Absolutely. Um, it was just Chiefs and Chargers in week eight, as you guys know. So there was a lot of injuries to these streamers. So there's not a lot of takeaways. Davis Mills, I called that. Follow me on Twitter at FusionFFB. I, I updated that particular one with some information about how Cooks was out, Nico Collins was out, and I was like, maybe not such a good time to stream Davis Mills, and it wasn't. It was ugly. But Jared Goff went, did well, so that's a win. J.D. McKissick didn't do much. That's a loss. Dontrell Hilliard, though, that's a W. Nico Collins is still hurt, um, got hurt. Right after this. So that, you know, isn't inconclusive. Um, but Zacchaeus didn't play well at all. That's a loss. Same thing for Bellinger and Irv Smith. Injuries. So it just, it just, there's not much takeaway or anything we can do about, about these. And the Colts did, uh, they did okay. It was like eight points or something like that. It was pretty basic. But not terrible. Not bad. Okay, guys, that was it for week 10. Next week tonight, be sure to follow, like I said, on Twitter, at FusionFFB. You have the website where the, all the links and the notes and everything get put out, FusionFFB.com. So be sure to check that out, too. Um, DMs are open. Hit me up questions on, on Twitter. You can email me, too. It's at FusionFFB um, at gmail.com. If you want to email me. But other than that, guys, hope you have a great week nine. It's going to be a tough one. A lot of just just remember, though. Whoever you're playing probably has is missing people, too. So still put your best foot, best lineup out there. Go for the win. You can get it. All right. Have a great night. See you next time. <laughs>